Welcome to Stu's EV Universe, where you can find anything and everything electric vehicle. Today on the podcast, I, I am happy to welcome Eleanor Chalmers, Director of EVA Scotland. Thank you, Eleanor, for joining me. How are things there? I am. Um, it's um, well. I'll, I'll introduce you to a very good uh, Scottish word. Um, today, it's it's a bit dreary. Okay, and and that um, means <laughs> um, a bit overcast, a bit rainy. So unfortunately, um, it's the the seasons are changing. Autumn is is well underway. Here too, here too. It's uh, so we're kind of synced up. That's nice. We're. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little humid. It's rainy. Uh, it was just pouring a little while ago, um, which is actually kind of nice for a Sunday morning here. We just had our coffee. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I super appreciate you spending a little time with me today. No, it's uh, a pleasure. Yeah. And uh, I guess just to start, I guess we start at the beginning uh, as far as how you got uh, involved with electric vehicles in, in the very beginning. Sure. Um, well, approximately six years ago, um, almost to the day, um, I was currently at that point in time driving a diesel Nissan Qashqai and the the finance that I had on it, the, the, the contract I had on it was coming to an end. So I was starting to look at my um, next vehicle. Um, but I had a, a strong influence from my, my cousin, um, who you, you may have come across on, on social media as Dr. Ewan McTurk, who is a battery electrochemist. Right. And actually, um, since then, has a very good um, YouTube channel um, called Plug Life Television, where he explains a lot of um, electrochemistry and related topics uh, for us mere mortals. Um, so, um, yeah, at, around about that time, he had a first-generation Nissan Leaf on on loan and we'd been out in that. So that kind of planted the, the seed um, for my next vehicle to to have a plug. But also at the time I was living in the city of Dundee, which is on the east coast of Scotland. And the council there, uh, and I could, uh, we could ho we'll hopefully chat about this a bit more um, as uh, this, this afternoon, um, but they are very pro-electric cars and I kept seeing um, charging points and electric taxis coming and going. And at that point, I realised I could um, make that step to ditch the, ditch the diesel and move on to electric. And um, I opted for a 24 kilowatt hour Nissan Leaf. And I still drive her today. Yeah, it's the exact same car I have. What year? Um, she's two thousand and fifteen. Okay, okay. Yeah, I have a twenty eleven. Oh, and very it's good. Still, <laughs> it's still going. It's still, it's still going strong. Um, had to have because those first few years with the battery chemistry was problematic. So, mm. um, had to have the battery pack uh, replaced around sixty thousand miles. But uh, then it started. You know, it was like. A brand new car at that point. Yeah. So uh, no, no worries, no problems. With your new battery pack, were you able to upgrade, or was it a like for like? It was like for like, uh, but I, I think the first time, you know, after I had it, I turned it on. It said. Uh, <laughs> 121 miles or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I was thrilled, you know, um, and I and to this day, I mean, I have I think about 135,000 miles on the car. That's good and, going. Uh, 
and maybe one bar uh, down. So uh, yep. it's uh, probably a car I can pass on to the grandkids at some point. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> and um, is is there anyone um, offering upgrades? We've got a, f a few places over here where I, I could technically technically get a 40 kilowatt battery put in my, my current chassis. Oh, that's neat. Uh, not really. Um, once in a while, I'll see stuff like that online. Um, mm -hmm. But it's usually, if memory serves, it's usually like in Canada or something. Mm -hmm. um, not really local here. Uh, maybe they're doing something like that at, in California. Um, you know, a, a lot more happening in the EV space <laughs> on, on the West Coast there. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, and it's to the point where people start looking at it as, oh, you know, how much will I have to spend on that? And then if they could buy a, a second generation Leaf, mm -hmm. um, that might make more sense for them. Sure. Um, so yeah, that's great. So I mean, we, we're driving basically the same car. It's wonderful. Uh, I love the car, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, um, can you tell me a little bit about uh, EVA, Electric Vehicle Association Scotland, and, and the history of, of the group? Yes, um, well, I joined as a director about three years ago, um, but it was set up um, as a community interest company uh, to gather and represent the views of its members in a collective way, and our kind of, is longer than a motto, our kind of mission statement is that we're the voice of electrification of transport in Scotland and we support everyone involved in the industry and associated infrastructure to support it and promoting the electrification as part of a transition to a renewable powered transport system. So there's quite a lot in that in that message, but it's just to say we we aren't just electric cars. Um, we said it's kind of electrification of, of all trans transport, but um, the majority of the time uh, we are um, involved with um, electric car drivers. And what kind of membership? I mean, as far as numbers and, and what is the membership like? Um, we've got um, just just over 1,800 members um, wow. in, in okay. Scotland, um, which, which is great. And we also, as well as having individual drivers, we do also have um, corporate members. Um, so um, businesses that either use electric cars or are in the industry. And uh, we do also have some some honorary members um, with Robert Llewellyn of Fully Charged being, being one of them. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Now, you are the first female director of EVA Scotland. I am, correct? yes. <laughs> how's, that, how's that going? It's, it's going really, really, really good because I think um, a lot of the, the, the car industry can be, be very male-dominated, um, so it's good to get the, the female voice out there. But there's actually um, quite a substantial... Um, female um, presence in, in the EV community and I'm, I'm fortunate to, to count some of the, the, the powerhouses in that area as actually good friends that I've made through my, my EV journey. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, I was just at an event uh, by the Kentucky Tesla group uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a very nice day yesterday, uh, Not no rain mm -hmm. and uh, cool. So we had a lot of people, I think there were maybe uh, something like 
23 or 24 Teslas there, uh, all different kinds. And uh, I parked my, uh, I drove my wife's uh, Chevy Volt there. So I parked away away from the Teslas. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not to, you know, kind of crash their party. But, <laughs> you know, again, like when I, you know, we, with Evolve KY, the, you know, the electric group that um, I, I co-founded here in Kentucky, um, very early on, it was pretty obvious that the vast majority of members were men, uh, we attracted men to the meetings, and it was something that the board talked about early on. It's like, you know, you know, why is this? How can we, you know, kind of change this? Um, with my podcast, um, and I've talked, you know, to uh, Zach from Clean Technica about this as well on our earlier podcast. Um, I think it's like 83 or 84 uh, percent as far as listenership, men, you know, and I'm just kind of scratching my head. And I was like, why is that? Um, mm mm-hmm. So at the event yesterday, mostly men. It was great. There were some women there that uh, got, I, I think there were a lot of uh, Tesla Model Y that they just got, you know, cars. Uh, so people were really interested in showing off their cars and meeting the people in the community. Yeah. But that's very fascinating to me. Like women and EVs, um, I'm, I understand there's a group, uh, a Facebook group uh, called Tesla Divas. And, and and it's kind of unfortunate that at least my understanding of it is is it, it kind of grew out of women going into the tes- some of the Tesla, you know, Facebook groups and feeling like they were talked down to uh, and just not feeling welcome, not feeling like they're, you know, were taken seriously. So they started their own group, you know, and that's that's really sad because I think, you know, we're all trying to do something very positive here with EVs. And Mm. you like to think that we're kind of a united front, you know. But what, what I find quite interesting is that a lot of people I've spoken to that initially for a, a two-car household, that it's quite often the EVs purchased um, as the second car. That's maybe more of the the, the runaround that um, is used for the school run and things like that. That it's quite often um, again a little bit stereotypically that it is um, the the wife in the relationship that is quite often then driving the the EV. But ov- over time, the the EV creeps into being the the everyday car. So, and I think um, especially having EVs doing the 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 school run, so cars aren't sitting idling. I think that that does help plant the seed a little bit. But as I said, I think sometimes the EVs underestimated as the second car, and then the the word gets out how good it is. Right, right. Now. Um... I guess I would call you an EV influencer or or advocate or both. Um, how is that? <laughs> and I see you on Instagram all the time. It's wonderful. Um, <laughs> how's that evolved? And 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 how do you see your role and and kind of continuing on in that way? Okay. Um, well, it all started um, again about six years ago when I'd um, placed my order for my Nissan Leaf. That um, I joined Twitter for the first time. Um, and joined the the EV community. And I was just initially getting some really basic and simple advice from from fellow EV drivers. And a big part of my story was that I'd um, ordered my EV, but I was living in an apartment without access to a home charger. So I was then, once the car arrived, um, sharing my journey of owning an electric vehicle without a home charger. And then the next year, I was um, due to be getting married in, in the late spring. 
and I asked my my cousin, as I mentioned you in earlier, to decorate my car for the wedding, um, to put just married or put tin cans at the back. But he, um, him being is um, once you've spoken to you and you'll 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 see what he's like. He's very enthusiastic. Um, he actually went direct to Nissan. And Nissan provided us with uh, a, a leaf for the day that had um, a customised wrap on it for us with our, our names and just married and everything on that because we um, had quite a quirky wedding and the location was at Edinburgh Zoo. Oh, that's wonderful. There's a lovely old house in the middle of the, the zoo. So we had all um, zoo animals on the side of the car, um, which was, was great fun. And there was some press around that and um the the year after that i was very fortunate um to be invited by nissan out to the island of tenerife for the launch of the gen 2 leaf um and so yeah no i've just been been in the the right place at at the right time and just sharing my my stories um and my longer journeys and just kind of proving that even um the early generation shorter range electric vehicles can be easily suited to the the majorities um of people's daily commutes yeah and i talk i think i talk a lot about that with my guests uh, and kind of folks that are the drivers and, and in the know is that there's just that common misperception that you need more and more range. And while that's wonderful, you know, and, and there are times when I'm envious of that, mm. for most people, the vast majority of, of driving is is around town. And uh, yeah, these first generation vehicles can suit that fine. So easily. And yeah, yeah. Um, a few weeks ago, there was the fully charged live event, um, which was in, in Farnborough in the south of England. And I was very fortunate, along with um, two fellow EVA Scotland colleagues, to have the loan of um, a long range Model 3. Oh, that's wonderful. Because the drive was just under 600 miles. So the the car said it could do 325 with without stopping but even just every everyday driving or a longer trip you physically need to stop before you're getting anywhere near doing 300 yeah. miles so i think a lot of people that demand they must have a car that can drive 400 miles without stopping who can humanly do that <laughs> the, yeah, I saw that fully charged live that you were on. That was <laughs> wonderful, and uh, one of the, one of the comments I thought was great, and I've already used it since seeing that. <laughs> is that, uh, yeah, you know, cars have a, a certain range, but uh, all the people in the audience have a bladder. That yeah, his bladder a, anxiety. <laughs> yeah, a certain range as well, and that's usually two hundred fifty or three hundred miles, more or less. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it it's something that you need to stop, and they and the car needs to stop it. Yeah. Yeah. charge up and you can you know get a coffee or you know a, a snack mm -hmm. or something and and then continue on your way um uh what was that like with the fully charged that sounds wonderful oh the 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 team at fully charged um they've, they really do feel like an extended family um that have been involved with events over the the past few years including encouraging them to to come up and they did um uh, a live event and an episode um, about Dundee and um, the electric cars and infrastructure there. So 
especially after the the past 18 months of the pandemic, it really did feel like a family reunion. And just to see the event grow and the number of cars on show, when you went to the original one, you could count on less than two hands the number of models of EV that were available to see the increase in, in models and manufacturers displaying um, their, their EVs was just mind-blowing. Yeah, I had the same kind of feeling yesterday, and it's kind of like we, we totally understand each other because when <laughs> I started the group here in Kentucky, you know, seven, eight years ago, we had maybe five or six cars, and yeah. the Tesla was just the Tesla. It was yeah. the Model S. It was the original Model S, and mm -hmm. we were thrilled to see one and take a drive in one. <laughs> and, and you know, yesterday, it's sort of like, oh, wow, you know, who would have thought? You know, now we have the, you know, the Model S, the Model 3, the Model Y, mm -hmm. um, and we have these cars on the horizon that are going to be here soon enough. You know, yeah. in some ways it feels like it's going it's going really fast, mm -hmm. but in some ways it's also you know we're I, I know a lot of us are really impatient. We want to see the next models are out already, and uh, so there, it's kind of both. Uh, I feel. Yeah, you know? I'm very jealous to see um, the the first people collecting their Rivians. That's what I'm absolutely yeah. desperate for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we keep hearing that, that, that it's happening or it's happening soon. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, those look amazing. So now how, as far as uh, the reason folks are driving EVs there, I mean, first of all, how is it taking off there? Uh, I know here in the States, I think it's like, still like one or 2%. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's speeding up. Uh, obviously, on like the West Coast, I understand because I haven't been out there in a while, but um, things are really happening there here in Kentucky. Things are really happening here, too, but it, it's just a slower pace. Um, and we have to kind of take, you know, look at things in a, in a different light. But what do things look like there? Um, well, we're fortunate in Scotland, um, although we're part of the, the UK, we have the Scottish government. And um, the transport sector is devolved to Scotland. So we have control of a lot of the transport sector um, through our own government. And our Scottish government have been um, very forward thinking um, and put several measures in place. Um, the, there is a target for the government to, to um, they've pledged to phase out new petrol and diesel cars and vans across Scotland by 2030 and when they originally brought this out that was eight years ahead of the 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 um, date set by Westminster government in in London um so that that's been a target that's been in place for a couple of years now I think originally it was 2032 but more recently I think now the whole UK is saying 2030 but we're we're very fortunate as well to have a a government um, body called the Energy Saving Trust. And okay. they do se several things. But one of the things that as a Scottish citizen we're able to access is a not percent interest loan for the purchase of an electric vehicle. And originally that loan was only for new vehicles um, because the government was putting a grant towards the purchase of a new vehicle. So um, there was money coming off the ticket price at point of purchase. Um, but in the past year, they have introduced the not percent interest loan 
for secondhand vehicles, which I think is is fantastic because I know for a lot of people the sticking point is often the that price point um, compared to to their ICE vehicles. So um, we're we're very fortunate that there are these incentives there. Right. Um, but also um, in Scotland, our main charging network, which is called Charge Place Scotland, and they've grown since 2013 when there were 55 public charging points and we're now over 2,500 um, in 2021. But there are obviously um, other man- manufacturers and um, kind of individual companies that have, have chargers, but these are the ones that are have been put in place, um, funded in partnership through public grants from local authorities and, and other organisations. So all you need is one app and um, you can also have an RFID card. So you're not worrying hugely about, oh, have I got that app? Have I got that card that, that most charge points um, you can activate from from that one um, method, which is great. So um, we're, we're very fortunate to, to have this um, infrastructure and also the, the financial support as well um, that isn't available south of the border. Now, is it mostly uh, pay-to-use chargers or free-to-use chargers or a mix? Um, it's it's a mix. Originally, um, many of the, the chargers were, were free-to-use. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, as time's going on, and especially with the, the, the growth of EVs, um, we are being charged to charge, which I'm f- fully supportive of. I think sometimes when you make something free... And then even if it is a, a small charge, you get resistance when something has, has been free. Right. Um, but what, as an association, um, we have some documentation that um, we have distributed to different councils because we think it needs to be um, similar across the board. Um, so in one county, it's not more expensive than the other um and but some areas are still still free so you could go and charge for free in one county and then drive home back into your your own one so as as the um the councils are introducing that but one one thing that we are finding is that some um charge providers um have a connection fee okay whereas um we're trying to discourage that and go more for the minimum spend option because the people who are in the shorter range earlier generation EVs may be people that aren't as financially well off that um, can't afford your 300 mile range electric car so they would be getting hit more frequently right. as they if they're relying on public chargers like when I started out on my EV journey that I couldn't have a home charger so reliant on these public chargers if they're getting hit with this um, charge every time they charge rather than if they were taking what what energy um, they're needing. So again, as an association, we have policies in in place that we can um, spread the word um, when councils or associations are are thinking about bringing in charges for their supply. Right. 
As far as the general public, do you, do you find that folks are embracing EVs there? Is, is there, I mean, like with the fully charged live panel that, you know, that we watched, that I watched, uh, you know, the, the theme was FUD, mm-hmm. which is fear, uncert- fear, uncertainty, and doubt, which yep. uh, I was going through the EV thing. I've learned all these different <laughs> <laughs> sayings, and that's one that's very interesting. <laughs> but it, it, it crops up all the time. And, um, you know, here, and I'm sure you get it all the time too, uh, EV drivers get it all the time, is that you have all these questions from people mm-hmm. and uh, you get questions from people in person. You get questions from people when you're online yeah. and when you're also reading comments from posts. And here in the States, there there is a lot of uh, enthusiasm for EVs, but there also is, is kind of this backlash. And mm. the backlash is coming from people. And, and, mm-hmm. and uh, because of the day, you know, the time that's what we're living in right now it's also coming from uh i'm sure you know bots and uh mm. trolls and those kinds of things so i mean with with fud you know there are things that are kind of you know maybe a little more we, we always say there's no stupid questions so yeah um you know these questions really could be genuine and they have to be addressed so i'm just thinking back to an event that i went to our group will go out we'll speak to community groups uh mm-hmm, which is a mm-hmm. wonderful way of of kind yeah. of sp- spreading the ev gospel yeah we do that and, as, as well <laughs> yeah and and so there you know there's the the classic one where you know evs in the rain you know you, can you drive them <laughs> in the rain can you go through a car wash so all those kinds of things and the answer to all of those things is yes uh, you know, you, you don't. Uh, you, you, that, that's a that's a pretty simple one. But one that I thought was really interesting. I think that it was uh, a few months ago. This woman said, "Oh, um, but I would get worried if." And I think people do think this. I would get worried if I was in traffic and I would that I would run out of battery. And that is a genuine one. Um, and that's just from people. A lot of these things come from people that. While it is a car and it's a quote unquote normal car, they don't understand that it's an electric car. So when you are either stopped or going really slow, mm-hmm. the amount of energy you're consuming is next to nothing. So yeah. I always tell people, well, being in traffic is the best place you could be in an EV yep. because you're being a very, very efficient. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, whereas these gas cars and trucks around you are not, and they're spewing all this stuff and polluting and and creating all this heat. Um, So there are things like that. And then there's things that often kind of come up on, you know, when when I'm reading comments. And here in Kentucky, we're uh, a coal state. So uh, people always say, oh, well, yeah, you know, your EVs, they're so clean, but where is this energy coming from? And uh, yeah, you know, part of it's coming from coal, but studies have shown that even uh, coal, you know, powered EVs are uh, on average 50% cleaner Mm -hmm. cradle to grave than gas and diesel vehicles. So that's something, you know, that you could point out. And then there's always the... You know, the EVs are the only vehicle out there that can get greener throughout their lifetime. I mean, I have solar panels on my roof, so you get solar panels on, you know, you get your EV on a Monday and you get solar panels on Wednesday and all of a sudden your car is much, much cleaner. So I like pointing these things out, but I also am confused, you know, and, and just kind of wondering 
Um, and I guess as I, I get the questions more and more and time goes on, um, how many of these questions are real questions from people that really uh, would like to have a discussion and, and, and you know, be part of that discussion? And how, how much of it is just people digging their feet in or, you know, these other special interests that are just out there to cast a dark shadow on this, you know? I mean, what are your thoughts about all of that? Um, well, my personal experience really in in the UK is that so much of the the negativity comes from the media, um, particularly um, the newspapers. Um, they they love a, a headline um, yeah. that that's that's anti EV. If there's been an EV fire or a, an accident, somebody an autopilot, they really they really go um, to town. Um, on them, whereas things like this happen on a daily basis in um, in your your standard um, ice vehicle. But what I've found, um, the, and you've maybe picked up on this, I, I don't know if it's made it to the the news over with you guys, or if you've picked up on social media that we've had a fuel shortage in the UK. Yes, yes, don't right. Know, I don't know if you've heard about that. Right. Um, but that has actually been inspiring UK drivers to make the switch to electric cars. Um, apparently, electrifying.com um, has seen a 75% increase in searches on its website last weekend. Oh, wonderful. And the and the Google searches in the UK for electric cars surged, um, showing a 300% increase during the, the that same um, period. So um, all these people that have been struggling to, to get fuel or been queuing have been going, hmm, like... Where how else could I I I fuel my car and it's just again planting um that seed. So one of my passions as as an EV advocate is um, myth busting, like what you're saying, or or um as Robert um calls it the the uh, the the fud um so fighting fighting the fud um and what I I really say to people is I I direct them to. To people like myself um, and and friends that drive EVs and speak to people that are are running one on a daily basis um, and get the the true story and it's it's interesting um, like I I know there's um, at least a half dozen people that I know directly that I've influenced their their choice in vehicle um, but. You, you notice on a street that um, one one person gets an EV and then six months later there's um, there's more cropping up um, since they've spoken to their their neighbour and seen them um, charging it at home. So it is just really get, getting those positive messages out out there. Yeah, and it, it's something that um, always amazes me that you know here we are as you know these groups and we're doing all this work yeah. because we're pa- passionate about this you know you here and there you might get a car dealer you know doing some of this work or working yeah. with us which is wonderful but uh, at least to date uh it, the vast majority of that has come from these groups um really kind of spreading the word about all of this so yeah that's wonderful we've had um a really interesting innovation center open in in Glasgow um, that's run by a well-known UK car dealership called Arnold Clark. 
and their innovation center it's not actually a, a point of purchase you you can't buy a car from them they have plenty of other dealerships but they've set up um this center where they have lots of different models and makes of electric cars but also in this the center itself you can book in with can't remember if they call themselves geniuses or gurus um their 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 staff and as well as going on test drives they will teach you about charging and 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 the likes um so helping people adjust to to the lifestyle so hopefully other manufa- manufacturers and and dealerships will will cotton on to this and re- replicate this this model because in previous years I've had friends inquire about electric vehicles and if the salesperson they've spoken to is not particularly pro EV they've had almost been talked out of going for that that option so I think the the the, the tide is is turning yeah, that's really interesting. I don't know what it's like there, but here we seem to have, in the States, we seem to have a love affair with the SUV, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, these big vehicles. Yeah. And as far as I can see, typically not a, a, a lot of reason for that. Yeah. Um, are the cars there pretty much smaller and, and you know, more reasonable in size, or do you have that as well? We have quite a mixture, um, but there is very much the... the the trend for people that do live in town and cities to to drive the likes of a, a Range Rover. Some um, there's a bit of a nickname for it called an an Essex tractor. Okay. is when is when you drive um, a large four by four, but it's for the school run. It's not for going up mountains or farm farm roads. That it's right. It's what's the word I'm looking for? It's the image to to yes. be rolling in this big big four by four. Like I, I personally did enjoy um, driving my my Qashqai. Like it by no means was it anywhere near the size of those, but that kind of crossover right. model for for comfort. But I feel the the Leaf is a large small car. Like inside, I didn't feel that I'd particularly downsized. But some of these larger models, particularly pending what the the final version of the Cybertruck looks like, it would really struggle on a lot of UK roads compared to in the States, particularly in, in towns and villages. Um, our roads can be a lot a lot narrower and parking spaces as well um, aren't as generous. So I think we would struggle with some of these larger models, but there's a lot of people driving these larger cars out of choice rather than necessity. And you have, I'm sure you have some models that we don't have here. I think I saw in one of the photos there was a Honda. Um, what's the Honda? Oh, the Honda E. It is, uh, oh, I love that car. Me too. Car. <laughs> um, but I was, what put me off it, the range was disappointing yeah, yeah. for what you're paying for it. I just, it's like, come on, guys, right. like put a decent battery in it. <laughs> um, but in every other way, the, the car looks amazing and it's so quirky like i i do like a, a i like my ev to look like any ev but i know for a lot of people the gen one leaf isn't for them like i love its bug eyes <laughs> but um but there's so many um of the cars particularly things like the kona um that you would pass it and not realize 
it's 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 an EV. Um, we've got the the Renault Zoe is is a common car. My mum and dad have have a have a Zoe, and I don't know if the Renault Twizy made it to the states. It's it's very no. it's very quirky. Um, it's <laughs> um, it wouldn't be your ev- everyday EV, but yeah, but things like the 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 bolt lever made made it to our our shores and things like that. But um, I'm hoping with all these other models that are coming out that they'll be be worldwide. Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, I love the fact, you know, my my son now, he's 22 and he's driving my Leaf more than I am. But mm-hmm. I love my Leaf. You know, it's <laughs> it's ocean blue, so I can spot it spot it in the parking lot among all the white and gray, you know, <laughs> and black vehicles uh very easily. And it's just yeah, I mean, it's so different looking uh and it was done that way on purpose it was done you know designed back in you know you know 2010 or whatever and uh for you know being able to go through the wind tunnel and 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 kind of squeak out every little bit of of energy you know but it really made it something (laughs) different and it yeah it's not for everybody um and I, I find it sad that there does seem to be a lot of, you know, kind of beauties in the eye of the beholder. And um, there does seem to be some kind of like infighting, even within yeah. like Tesla groups and stuff. They're like, oh, this Tesla model looks terrible, but mine looks great. You know, that's <laughs> like, why? Do, I don't know. Why do we need that? You know, I guess people are people. Yeah. But uh, yeah, everybody's tastes are, are, are different. Yeah. And uh, but that's the great thing about having a group is that you could have a bunch of different vehicles. I know, especially early on. And I think it's continuing to this day uh when something new comes out every you know like we had a um i think it was the hyundai kona yep and you know people are just flocking around this vehicle because they, they haven't seen it yet yeah you know and that's exciting mm-hmm. you know so okay I, I i wanted to talk about um i mean is there other stuff that you wanted to talk about as far as ev stuff um yeah, yeah. I could. <laughs> um, <laughs> um well i would i'd just like to to tell you a little bit more about dundee if that's yeah okay. absolutely um i've as i said for my first um three and a half years of being an EV owner, um, I was living in Dundee. I still work in Dundee. I've moved. Um, there's the, the River Tay that starts in, in Highland Perthshire and works its way out to the ocean on the east coast. So I live in the next county over in Fife and we go over the, the, the Tay Road Bridge. Um, so um, I'm still a short short commute, um, but I'm not actually a Dundee resident anymore. But as I said, Dundee was a huge part of my EV journey and they've got such forward thinking can do attitude council and they've done amazing things um they have created before it's becoming a lot more commonplace now but they have three charging hubs across the city if anyone fancies having a look if they check out drive dundee electric um on twitter and they have a, a website and these um hubs are to to replicate the the equivalent of going to to the petrol station um so mainly rapid chargers but also some some type 2 fast chargers there as well and they deliberately have located them in areas where there are a lot of people living in apartments to make evs accessible but they've also been very proactive with the taxi community yeah there's there's well over 100 electric taxis oh that's wonderful um which is amazing um majority um were in in the early days were were gen one nissan leafs but i've seen konas i've seen a model three i've seen oh what else um most um 
kind of of, of a good good size of, of EV can be used. And if you wish to become a taxi driver in, in Dundee for the first time, you purchase a, what they call a plate from the council and any new plates now have to be electric. Um, which is which is fantastic. Um, oh, that's wonderful. And other incentives as well as these rapid charging hubs. Um, their their top of the range one um, has a solar canopy and battery storage. Um, as Dundee is the sunniest city in Scotland, uh, most of the time you can be charging up on on Dundee sunshine and with might not be today's sunshine it might be yesterday's sunshine um right depending um on the weather conditions but if, you, if you've got the the storage but one of my favorite things that they have introduced recently is that in some of the multi-story car parks in Dundee that are owned by the council they have made an area, it's normally on the, the top floor, again, so they can um, have solar canopies, that they have rows and rows of fast type 2 chargers to encourage, um, obviously, it was more common pre-COVID, but the, the world is slowly um, getting more back to, to normal and there are more commuters, that it would encourage commuters to bring their electric vehicles into the city centre. Um, you park for free. You just pay for your the electricity that that you charge with, um, and then as the commuters leave, that obviously frees up the charging points for the local residents that maybe again don't have a have a driveway or, or home parking. So there's this fluid flow b- between the two, um, making it as electric driving as accessible as as possible. Um, so it's all. All these things, I said that I had a colleague that I, when I told her about the, the free parking, she now saves at least £8 per day on parking charges alone um, because um, she's using the, the free charging on a, on a daily basis, um, which is, is an instant top up in your in your wallet um, without having to just pay for your car to be sitting idle while you're at work. It can be charging up as well. Yeah. And I mean, that kind of incentive is goes a long way because, yeah. uh, you know, people get into obviously they get into the EVs for different reasons, um, mm-hmm. whether it's environmental or social or mm-hmm. fun, you know. <laughs> but I think a, a big one that's a common denominator for just about everybody is financial. Yes. You know, and uh, we've tried to do that, too, because we, we have a, a charger installing, uh, in, you know, installation program. And uh, I think it, it was our first charger that we installed that mm-hmm. um, we got the parking lot as a paid parking lot. But the two spots for EVs, mm-hmm. we convinced them because uh, they were kind of eco minded. They just needed to learn about what we were trying to do you know, a nonprofit and to have those free to park. So it was free to park and free to charge. So that, and it was right on this main drag in this area that was kind of getting revitalized and people can walk by and say, oh, what's that? Oh, you know, maybe that's something for me. That kind of preferential treatment, if you will, is fine, you know, because we were trying to do something yeah. and uh, we're trying to push the needle and, and that kind of thing does, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's wonderful. And, and also underserved populations or, you know, areas, we have a lot of areas here where folks just don't have the ability to charge at home. Uh, I'm spoiled. We we have a garage and, and we're able to pull our cars in, you know, and, and charge up. Not everybody can do that. So to have solutions where folks can, yeah. you know, make it part of their lives is is super, super valuable. No, that's great. Um, 
And the taxi thing, uh, I mean, I remember I went to Hungary uh, probably about 10 years ago with my son, and I almost, like, freaked out <laughs> when I saw a Nissan Leaf as a taxi. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God. You know, that that's before I had, uh, you know, I just had electric car dreams at that point, you know. And yeah. um, I, I'm sure I took a photo and, and just kind of really kind of geeked out over that. And I was like, wow, they're doing things right here you know uh, so many almost at every turn really um i mean we're just in so many ways we can be very wasteful here you know yeah so it's nice to be reminded that there are places that are are looking at these things and doing smart things so yeah yeah. Um, kind of to, I guess, uh, veer off of EV stuff mm -hmm. for a little bit, I've noticed I'm a real cat person. Uh, <laughs> you have some cats, yes? I do. Um, I, I'm a bit of a crazy cat lady. I have um, three cats. They're, they're all different shapes and sizes. They've all been rescue cats. Oh, that's and wonderful. They've, they've been the best company throughout the well in general every day but particularly in the the depths of lockdown they were just fantastic and and made made my days brighter what are the names uh, it wasn't deliberate all their names begin with a p okay um we have pippa okay we have poppy and we have paddington that's wonderful well paddington has his his own instagram because he's a very special boy um, mm -hmm. He's called Puffing Paddington on Instagram, and his name comes from he has cat asthma. Oh yeah, um, and has an in inhaler. Um, he was diagnosed about two years ago. Um, he'd been quite quite poorly, but he is now very well and is very tolerant of his in inhaler. So we we we've shared his journey on on Instagram, and it gives me the excuse to look at lots of cute cat pictures. I, I have three cats as well. I'm a I'm a crazy cat guy, I suppose. Good, good. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> and do you not find that if uh, well, whether it's the the routine vet appointment or for other reasons, if they're under the weather, I think cats and dogs um, prefer the the electric drive. I think it's much more smoother. And one of the people that I um, influenced to change to an electric vehicle is um, a local lady in our area who is a dog walker but she also used to, to to feed our cats if we were away and she got an ENV 200 for her business okay and she swears that um the the animals all much prefer going in the van than her previous diesel van that she had before oh that's so interesting yeah well I mean yeah if if, if your cats are and cats are cats but I mean we have one cat they all are you know their senses are just really really um heightened and you know the, the sense of smell everything is more than what we yeah. have i think and you know yeah. yeah i mean i had a diesel car for a while too and that can't be too pleasant for it's not pleasant for yeah. people <laughs> it's probably not pleasant for cats either I've, so. I have another um um passion in in my life and i um have two horses mm -hmm. and i had um with my EVA Scotland director's hat on, I'd reached out to the British Horse Society. Okay. Um, they have a fantastic campaign called the Dead Slow campaign that's giving drivers advice on if you have to overtake a horse on, on the roads, how to, to do that. So passing wide and slow at no more than 15 miles per hour. But I'd reached out um, to them to, to say it would be good if we could maybe tailor that or... 
introduce an additional advice to electric car drivers um, for passing horses, mainly from the, the lesson sound. Um, so we're actually going to be doing a, a study in November joint with um, a university, uh, Robert Gordon in Aberdeen, um, and we're going to be looking at horses' reactions to, to having electric cars pass them. Oh, interesting. And my gut feeling is that the horses know the car there. It's 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 more the rider that gets a fright. <laughs> um, but that's going to be really interesting to see what the outcome of of that is. So that's co- combining two two large uh, passions in my life. Uh, my my two forms of um, low emission vehicles yeah. <laughs> coming together. No, that's right. I mean, because EVs pretty much are silent, and uh, mm. I mean now the, the the new ones, I guess, are supposed to have a low speed sound of some yeah. sort. But yeah. Uh, yeah, mine is is silent. So that's very interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're you're also a vegan, right? And how how does that kind of factor into like your, I guess, your overall eco outlook and and the whole picture? Um. Well. For me, um, it was my love of animals. I'd been vegetarian from from a young age, and it was the Veganuary campaign um, that the the Vegan Society run each each year, and it was a very very easy transition for for me to make because I'd been such a, a long term um, vegetarian. But over the past few years, my understanding of the relationship from of the meat and dairy industry with with climate change it's just absolutely mind-blowing and um i just think people really do need to con- consider um what changes they can make to their their lifestyle um to to inf- influence um and help prevent the the climate emergency that that we're experiencing yeah that's wonderful absolutely um yeah, was there was there anything else? Um, I th- I think we've covered a lot. <laughs> we have covered a lot. Yeah. Actually, what you know, going back to the cats, um, our oldest cat, Indy, um, has asthma oh, and allergies yeah. as well. And um, he, we got him. It's a sad story. We we got him. He at at a like a you know, an adoption place, and um, he was dropped off and tied to a bench outside the place with a shoelace. Who does that? Right, as a kitten. And to this day, I don't know what happened to him as a kitten, but uh, you can't put your... He's the sweetest thing ever, but you can't put um, your hand anywhere near his head or else he kind of flinches, you know? But he's great. He gets so happy, he drools. We've never (laughs) had a cat that that drools when he's happy, um, but he because of the head thing, he, we can't do an inhaler mm, for him. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to do uh, like this steroid yeah. pen uh, with his ear, and that's, that's that's our daily thing. But yeah, he's he's such a sweetheart. All the, the couple other cats absolutely love him. Um, but yeah, send me those cat pictures. Oh, definitely. And... <laughs> <laughs> you have opened so. the floodgates. You do know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's, that's all good. Um, was there anything else as far as uh, directing people to your Instagram or YouTube or, or any of that kind of stuff? Websites? Sure. Um, my personal um, EV story is under, um, I'm called She's Electric, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Facebook. If you'd like to find out more about EVA Scotland, um, again, we're across all the 
social media platforms and um have have a website as well which we're we're, we're due to be putting a lot more up-to-date content on as well and if you're fortunate to to be at any events come say hi wonderful again absolutely pleasure to have you on today and thank you for spending some time yeah, with it's us been here. fantastic <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Stu's EV Universe. I would like to thank Eden Unger for creating the artwork and the music for this episode. Remember, please rate, review, subscribe, and share, as that's the only way we can continue to grow. Now you can support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash EVU. Remember, the EV revolution runs on your energy. I'm Stuart Unger. See you next time.